This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads from over 200 countries and your number one source in after show entertainment. Very good TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing after shows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey guys, welcome into the Masters of Sex After Show right here on AfterBuzzTV.com. Season 1, Episode 9, Story of My Life. Jenna is out tonight. I'm your host, Bobby DeMiro. Sitting next to me, Roya Tahiri. Across the way, we've got Spicy Mahdi with it. I love saying that. You're back, Spicy. And next to her, a special guest with us. He plays Robert on Masters of Sex. He also was on Last Ship. I'm going to try not to ask you about it till the end of the show. <laughs> Jocko Sims. Jocko, how you doing? I'm doing great. It's good to be here. Are you nervous to be on the panel tonight? Uh, we're going uh, to grill you. A little bit, you know, a little bit. I, I'm trying <laughs> You guys take it so seriously. Oh, yeah. This is a serious you, matter. You guys take notes. It's not a game. I'm excited there's another man on the panel because anytime you start talking about sex with women, right. I've lost every single argument for weeks. Wait, we've Listen. had a man on the panel? Where is this? Where have I been? to us. You, know? yeah. <laughs> you take great over. Happy, I'm just going to hang out. <laughs> Y'all take over. Um, Jocko, let's start with your storyline in this show and really more generally your storyline across the season with Robert. We've seen him with Coral. We've had a lot of debate about him. I know Jenna has a very specific point of view with what's going to happen to Robert and Libby. And I know you can't tell us anything. But talk to us a little bit about your relationship with Libby. What do you think about what's happened so far this season and about what we see between the two of you? There's there's electricity. Yeah, there there's a little bit there. And uh, I'm first of all, I just want to say thanks for having me again, guys. It's good to be here. And I'm excited to be a part of the show. It's great. I think the uh, subject that they're tackling during this time is awesome. And I first show up uh, as Robert when uh, I you know arrived to Libby's house to talk to her about how She's treating my sister, Coral, played by Kiki Palmer. Shout out to Kiki. And, um, yeah, from there, the, the relationship just takes a, a weird turn. There's a, an attraction there. And, uh, yeah, it just gets really interesting from there. So who's attracted, you or her? Um, I think there's a, there's a, a, little, bit of, a, a little bit of both. <laughs> I think uh, the episode Blackbird, at the end of it, when she, she you know, Libby becomes like a stalker and she follows mm-hmm. us. Uh, there and she cuts her leg and then I reach down to help her and I get up and look into her eyes and I think that's that's when it happens. The moment. Yeah. Did you do any obviously I mean as an actor you're doing the same amount of preparation regardless of what you're doing but how much preparation did you do for the time period that this was shot looking at interracial relationships and stuff like that because I think we forget about the time period a lot of times with Masters of Sex but this is in our face black man, white woman, married woman, different Mm -hmm. situation but the racial thing you have to discuss did you uh, what sort of research did you do going into that? Yeah um, as you can see in this episode I think you found out the previous one that Robert is a part of an organization a civil rights organization called CORE 
Shore, which is Congress of Racial Equality. And uh, I just did some research on CORE and, and saw that it was founded in Chicago, and then there was a St. Louis chapter. And uh, basically, it's, it wasn't much different than NAACP, um, and they're still kind of around today. So I just, you know, researched uh, to see what sort of uh, things they did. They did sit-ins, a lot of nonviolent uh, things there. That's uh, It always interests me how... You know, a lot of shows, everything, especially when you're talking about scripted shows, you can make up whatever you want. There's so many good science fiction shows. There's so many good completely false shows. This one follows a book, and it follows a real-life history. Mm-hmm. So do you feel – I know you're not technically maybe playing a real-life person right. in the same way that, that you know somebody would play Abraham Lincoln or whatever. Mm-hmm. Do you feel any pressure, nevertheless, to represent an organization like CORE like that mm-hmm. and to say, I have to do this the right way. I need to understand how people talk, how people acted. They'll dress you, obviously, sure. that way. But do you kind of feel any pressure with that, or do you still feel the flexibility to say, this is my character, I'm going to do what I want to do within the confines of this script? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's a little bit of both, because uh, you want to pay respect to the people who paved the way during the civil rights movement, so you want to make sure that that you're honoring those people. But at the same time, once you have a character, you have to let those things go and just show up and do the work. Otherwise, it just kind of drive yourself crazy. Yeah. yeah. How much? How many? How many weeks in advance? I guess do you get every script? Did you get the entire season before shooting, or was mm-hmm. it kind of week to week? They sort of say, "Here's what you're going to be doing." Yeah, that that'd be awesome if we got it. <laughs> <laughs> so but, no. Uh, yeah, with, with television, like uh, with a lot of shows, sometimes you get it the last minute, or you you get married to a script and they'll change. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline you know at the very last minute and you just kind of got to always be on your toes and not be if you get it too far in advance you can't just be excited about what you're seeing and, and married to it because they changed a lot so yeah. did you know in advance that the because us as an audience we're watching it and mm-hmm. we think that there's a relationship between you and kiki which really turns out to be your sister sure. mm-hmm. did you know in advance that they were going to flip it on us and that it was really going to be between you and libby yes no well as far as a relationship between uh, the intimate relationship. Right, right, right. Um, I knew that uh, Kiki was my sister. Coral was being my sister. Good. It's kinda, <laughs> yeah, I got to kind of like be careful with the things that I say. Oh, right, <laughs> because you know everybody really wants to know if he's yeah. going to wind up sleeping with Libby. That's Are you question. able to reveal that information? Um, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, Damn it. Uh, yeah. That's locked down. Believe me, that would have been the first question. <laughs> that, is the, that is what I'm on the edge of my seat. We I really, really, really hope you guys door. sleep together. I we would have just said, no show tonight, guys. We got the answer we're looking <laughs> yeah. for. See but I've played with it a few times, and each time I'm hoping that I'm going to get like a eye wink or like a twitch or something that lets me know that they're going to sleep together. But he won't give it to me. He's that good. I think when we do predictions, Jocko, at the end of the show, just so you know, uh, we'll make predictions about that, sure. and you just nod your head yes or no. You don't have to say anything. We'll just, we'll, it's off the record. We'll keep the camera facing us, you, right. and even when you make your prediction, and you just nod your head yes or no, and, and it's off the record. I love right. that about I'm going to give you the same look I give Libby, just expressionless. <laughs> let's, let's, talk about your, let's talk about your relationship with Libby, because it seems at the at the first couple weeks when we thought you know Coral was maybe not your sister mm-hmm. or whatever else was going on the first couple weeks I don't want to say Libby had the upper hand mm-hmm. but you definitely seemed uh, Robert I guess I should say definitely mm-hmm. seemed a little rougher maybe a little more rough and tumble we knew about this criminal past and mm-hmm. whatever and I don't know about you guys but I thought oh maybe there is a dark side to Robert mm-hmm. and week to week to week you are becoming Robert's becoming more professional more 
not intelligent or anything, but maybe a, a, a little more of a, a good character for me, a little more of a likable character week to week. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, how has that relationship with Libby morphed? Do you feel like maybe you have the upper hand now? She comes in this episode and says, I'm here to help. What's your order? Let me write this down. Do you have that upper hand with her? Is that a battle between you guys? Or are you just trying to figure out where you both fit? I think it's, uh, once again, it's a little bit of, of both. I do think that she's now on my territory. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so now this is this is kind of where I'd like to have her in this environment. And it started when she followed us home, and she's literally going through our mail. And I'm like, this is a federal offense. What are you doing here, woman? And uh, she just keeps coming back for more. So uh, I think at some point Robert starts to recognize that she's going through something. She's mm-hmm. trying to discover something within herself. And uh, maybe for fun, he just takes the journey with her or now, invites you, her in. Were you playing on that, though, you knowing that she's in search of something? On this episode, were you playing against that vulnerable aspect or that need to be important? Because in the scene, you said that she couldn't possibly be put on the stand and be a credible witness. Mm-hmm. Were you doing that? Was that a reverse psychology move where you were kind, where you were trying to belittle her in order to make her want to do it more? Or were you just really not fooling with Libby? I think it. I think it was a test. I think. <clears throat> I think initially he really needed her help, mm-hmm. and once she showed up, uh, he was surprised. I, 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 I would feel that Robert was a little bit surprised that she actually showed up and, and gave it a shot. But when it came down to the business, he didn't feel that she was strong enough to be put on the stand. But at the same time, he pushed her and pushed her away. And I think there's something there. And, and like, I don't think he really wanted her to go away mm-hmm. when he said, "Just you know, you're going home, man." But she did, and uh, to his surprise, you know, she returns, and I I think he's glad that she's back. Well, and and let me open it up to you guys, because the battle for me between Robert and Libby is not just sexual tension. Mm -hmm. I think we all agree it's certainly there. No comment from you. (laughs) It's not just sexual tension or whatever. We know Libby needs to get some, let's just be honest. But there's also this idea that you are evangelizing her to the civil rights movement. Mm. Upper class white woman, very sheltered, very in her bubble, not necessarily her fault. There are people like that. That's the way that it is. She just may not know what's going on. And then she has this abrupt thing with Gilroy, with what happened to Leonard Gilroy Mm. last week or two weeks ago. And now she's involved in this. And this is Robert and Marcus kind of saying, this is the real world. This is where we live. If you're going to be here, we need more people like you here. Mm. But if you're going to be here, you need to understand how tough this is for us. I'm just like you, but nobody realizes that. Mm. And I need you as a white person in this society with some kind of pull in social class, you need to be one of those people to start moving that. Right. And as much as the sexual tension is there and will always probably be there between you guys, I don't know how y'all feel, hmm. but I think it's this is Robert kind of playing teacher to Libby playing student and saying, hey, we deal with some real crap yeah. mm-hmm. every day. I'm just as smart as you, maybe smarter, but we deal with some real crap every day. Wake up. Yeah. I don't know how you, uh, am no. I totally off base? No, I think that's exactly what in the same direction for sure. I like hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> you won't hear it anymore. I'm just gonna oh, okay. let you know. Do you think? Do you think that although Libby was put in a position to lie on this stand, that it that that should have been a situation that she was put in, and that she should moving forward lie on the stand potentially? I think when I first saw that scene with both Marcus and Robert, mm-hmm. I think. Marcus came across as the detective. He yeah. was the good cop and the bad cop. Mm-hmm. And he says, are you sure you remember this? Do you really not remember the license plate, the 289, blah, blah, blah. And you could see how detectives change stories. Right. Mm-hmm. And you could see, and I took it from a racial perspective, how detectives may change stories against black defendants. And this is now trying to help a right. black victim. Mm-hmm. But it's that same parallels just flipped the other way. And then you see Robert playing 
d- attorney, mm-hmm. playing defense attorney, and saying, hey, Libby, you're on the stand and you don't realize it. What if you saw this? What if you didn't see that? We're going to check this. You better not be lying. Mm-hmm. And you sort of got a crash course in the courtroom yeah. in mm-hmm. two minutes. Mm-hmm. This is what you're going to go through. Here's the detective. Here's the prosecutor who's going to be on your side. Here's the defense attorney. You failed. This is real. But should she lie towards the greater good? Absolutely not. I hate to say it, but no. Because it will it will only discredit Core's case further. It will only make them look worse. Libby is not intellectually competent to do that. <laughs> I just, oh, poor Libby. Abs- and, and the deck is already stacked. Even if Libby were lying and she succeeded, I think the deck's already stacked that they mm-hmm. wouldn't convict those guys anyways because of the racial climate there. So her lying will only hurt her, and then Lord knows what it does to Bill or whomever else. See, I took it as a way of her them testing her to see how far she would actually go with it and how much she would support them. That's what I took out of that whole scene. To see if she was like down for the cause. Yeah, if she was willing to do it. If she was willing to lie on stand and help them out. And commit perjury to help them out. That's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's what it, that's, too, yeah. exactly. That's what the point of that is, though. Is right. when you lie on the stand, it's not just because we want to hear. There are mm-hmm. serious consequences for us, for Gilroy, for these these perpetrators, and for you. This right. is the real world, and I think it's this is perfect for Libby. This is a coming of age, come to Jesus, whatever Absolutely. you want to call about a moment for her. This is the real world. She's been hanging out with Esther Brooks and Pauline, and be like, "When did you meet Bill? When did you meet Francis?" <laughs> <laughs> You know, that's all fine. Like, we know, like, no offense, girls, we know women talk about that crap all the time. But this is the real world. Right. This is not the man's world, but this is the real world where people deal with real problems. Well, she even said, I don't remember when something that I said or a decision that I made was this important. She referred to the fact that she goes on a day-to-day basis not feeling important. And so this now gives her some sort of purpose outside of being Bill's wife and her children's mother. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what she's been in search for is feeling important to yeah. And, and I think that's why she came back. I think that's why she came back and said, what do you need? Give me the pen and paper. Mm-hmm. It's not the sexual thing yet. I think, no comment from you, I know. Mm-hmm. I think <laughs> Robert realizes there's a sexual tension there. I don't know if Libby quite realizes it yet. I think she's still so closed off emotionally to everything. She's getting it, but I don't think she's there yet. I think she came back because this is the first time in her life she's been challenged. I think she's going to feel the tingle and be like, ooh, what's that? <laughs> the, tingle, <laughs> the tingle's I coming. I know what it is. <laughs> no, I think that she knows that it's a little bit... It, I think that she feels that it's a little bit inappropriate, the eye contact that they're making or the subtle touches or, that he's making as well. I, because she pulls back, and I don't think that it has to do with skin color that she pulls back. I think she used that as an excuse for the male and female contact because we've seen her kind of be on edge a few times even when she had I think it was a gardener or somebody that came to the house last season to help repair something Mm -hmm. she has an attraction towards black men and I would not be surprised (laughs) if uh, Livy starts going in and and Keeps that a secret. Bill has been keeping. Okay, now I'm going into predictions. Sorry guys. Remember, so maybe Sorry, this guys. whole thing will help her become but a better liar. I did liar. not expect, um, and I don't know if you know you knew it in advance. You said that you knew that your relationship with Cora was going to be your brother. But if you knew that she was going to come back and that that was going to be her purpose was to help serve you guys, not necessarily on the stand. But I was surprised that she was open to doing something, which is still a big thing for Libby. Her, you know, picking, grabbing the sandwiches. That's a huge deal for her. No, I mean, it absolutely is, and there's consequences. Look at, what was it, Schwerner, Cheney, and Goodman in Mississippi in 1964 or whatever. There are consequences when white people go to help back people in the Deep South. White people are getting killed, too. So there are very serious consequences here, and Libby may not realize that yet. But there's serious consequences to what she's doing. And, again, not to get to predictions, but I think something very serious could happen to her that has nothing to do with you. And there could be something very serious with, with... that's a prediction, though. That's a really good one. <laughs> well, there you go. Then I'm going to stick with it. But, but, but there's something serious that happened. This is this is her coming of age moment. And the funny thing about this is, 
at the at the start of this season, Bill was not necessarily so worldly, but Bill was so much more advanced than Libby was in so many ways. And we were so frustrated with Libby those first couple yeah. episodes. We're on a ring her neck. Mm-hmm. And now Libby is about to become way more advanced in the world. And Bill is regressing week to week mm-hmm. to week. And not to get too much into Bill, we'll talk about it in a minute, but he is regressing week to week to week. Can we just ask Jocko really briefly if he can give us the inside behind the scenes? Working with, uh, with um, Libby's character but obviously you know the real actress Mm -hmm. did she express anything that made her feel uncomfortable doing these scenes because in the beginning she was playing uh semi-racist towards you guys did she express anything behind the scenes like gosh this is really hard for me to do this yeah uh caitlin uh fitzgerald plays libby and she's an amazing actress i love working with her and uh no she she just does her job she just kind of shows up she's excited about the role and uh she didn't say that anything was uh difficult per se but, uh, yeah, she does a really good job. <laughs> I think, you know, Jocko, every time, a- any show, whenever we have an actor in here, we always, I love to talk about relationships because I think, I'm certainly no actor, but I think, I look at actors and I say, there's so many skills and so many things you have to do to go into it, but at the bottom line, if you can understand every relationship you have with everybody else in that scene, you can be a fairly decent actor just from that, mm-hmm. let alone emotional prep and all these other things. Yeah. How do you How do you prepare the relationships to be, subservient to Libby and to every other white person in here, really, because you can see it boiling up out of you, not in an angry mm-hmm. way, but in just kind of an injustice way. I'm better than this. I don't have to do this. But you know, you know what? I have to keep it under. I still have to be subservient. Deep breath. Not going to go crazy. I mean, how, how did you kind of prepare to, to do that dual emotions of rage or, or anger underneath, but keeping it calm and professional on the top? Um, I think Robert is... Uh, he He's like probably one to not be so subservient like he 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 doesn't fear too much you know the uh the racial equality inequality he fights for it but um there there will be a moment or two coming up where he'll have to like swallow his words um perhaps um and that's all i'm going to give you i was just gonna say you hear that folks that's it that's it just a little bit swallow his Um, words is that a euphemism for anything um what else is being swallowed (laughs) oh my god what's in these cups we almost got it we almost got it no but yeah he's 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 pretty strong yeah he you know he puts his foot down he show i mean in 1950s to show up at the at the door of in a white neighborhood Mm -hmm. and to and to say hey you know this is not going down like this I think he's pretty bold. Mm-hmm. So. And it's a, it's got to be a youth versus age issue, too. When you look at the newspaper editor for that mm-hmm. black newspaper, he was he was angry as hell. Mm-hmm. But he was much calmer and much more realistic, much more cynical about mm-hmm. the way the world worked. And it seems to me Robert is almost, and you said it in this one, you said when there's, I'm not going to take something that I want that's not mine or whatever, mm-hmm. talking about those tires that mm-hmm. you stole as a 17-year-old. Mm-hmm. But when I see an injustice, I'm going to write that shit. Mm-hmm. And that's a very youthful, and I don't mean this as a, as a critique, but it's a very youthful idea of mm-hmm. it's idealistic, it's like, I'm going to change this, I'm I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And like that newspaper editor from a couple episodes ago sort of had the idea of like, this isn't going to change. This is the way right. that it is. We right. have to play within the game. And it's sort of a cool window into the real civil rights movement, maybe the two dichotomies of generations. Yeah. A 60-year-old looks at this differently than a 25-year-old. Absolutely. That's um, what happens with the youth and, and on particularly with Robert. He's a little bit more radical. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait to see you swallow your words or whatever, whatever yeah. else you're swallowing. Yeah. Um, all right. Hey, let's talk... Let's talk a little bit about Bill and Jocko. Uh, join in as a fan with us on this one. I know you can't really tell us too many secrets about other relationships, but um, 
But, you know, if you have any critiques or any insider information, please no, don't I mean, hesitate. listen, you guys take a lot of notes. Uh, spicy, <laughs> spicy here's got a grocery list. I got, like, four pages. They're all no, the relationships You're so on. smart. I commend you for what you do That's here. a good guest. Future guests who are watching this, this is the way to behave. This is how you get us. This it's is how you true. get in good with us. You're now our favorite guest. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> Come back every week. Hey, um, let's talk about Bill, you guys. Like I mentioned when we were talking about earlier, I am at my wit's end with this guy. Completely. I, I A couple weeks ago, I sort of understood a little bit of what he's doing, why he's doing, and now I just want to wring his neck because he's being, excuse my language, a bitch. Hmm. Totally. In every way, in every relationship, with Virginia, a little bit with Francis, I think. I know Francis has his faults, but he's being a little bit of a B-I-T-C-H with Francis. What are you writing down? No, I'm writing. Keep going. <laughs> okay, I, thought, I, thought you were I want, critique I want no, no, no. you to elaborate and why you feel that he's being I think, the, I think the witch. He's, <laughs> look, at, look at what he did with Virginia in the hotel scene the first time. Okay. When she says, I'm going to take care of you tonight or whatever. And he says, oh, it's just with Libby. You're lying, obviously. Mm-hmm. Right. And right. everyone knows that. I think Virginia kind of knew that, too, yeah. even though she asked that. Why lie? Why have you been lying to her so long about this physical issue you have? I know it's a shameful idea. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't pretend to know what it's like to, to talk about that. But you're so close to Virginia, and you have such a medical background with this stuff. Why don't you come clean? And if you really want to do the study and participate in the study, like you say with Lester and his issue, why don't you at least come clean to Virginia in that hotel room and tell her what's going on? But you're too prideful, and you can't come clean, and you can't open up, because when you start lying, when you lie the first time to one person, mm-hmm. the snowball comes, and then you start lying to everybody, and then you forget what you've lied about and what you haven't lied about, and everything becomes a cover. And for Bill right now, he's covering his ass on everything. And yeah. he can't come clean to anybody. He has nobody to come clean to, and when you have nobody to relate to and come clean to, and you don't have that best friend or whatever it is, you're going to blow up. Not to make another prediction, but something inside <laughs> yeah. Bill yeah. is going to blow up because you have nobody to vent out to because you've been lying to everybody. But see, you're irritated with Bill, obviously. I, I think that it adds layers to his personality. We oh, saw sure. Bill the first season as this dry, unrelatable character. Now we're starting to see that there's layers to him and that there's more beneath the surface in the sense of... You know, the, there's a reason why he's so disconnected. There's a reason why he's so angry. Why he why he is a a amazing doctor, but sucks socially. And we're starting to understand that it has to do with his family. That it has to do with the relationships that he's not able to have. I think that this is starting to show us more of the human side of Bill, and it's making me like him more. Not less. So really? I disagree with you, Bobby. Wow. It's like yeah. a sympathetic character. You Absolutely. like Bill. He's, ca- he's finally capturing me emotionally. He's finally getting to show me the core of who he really is. And although it's dysfunctional, it's more relatable because we're all dysfunctional. We all have our daddy issues. We all have our childhood traumas. Everybody has that person that they were in a relationship with that they may not have... Uh, or possibly shouldn't have been with. He just happened to marry them. I mean, there's a lot of dynamics to Bill that I think and love and appreciate that they're developing and showing us more of. Quick question. Do you think that Bill should not have been with Libby and happened to marry her like what you just said? Or is it a case of if Bill would put in a little bit of effort with Libby, (laughs) they'd have a little bit better relationship? I don't think that Bill's in love with Libby. I don't think he is either. But I think... He hasn't even put enough effort in to show that, to figure that out. He's been so distant to her from really the get-go, and he's been so distant since the baby came, and he's so preoccupied with work when he's really been cheating. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest what that is. He's never even given it the opportunity it deserves to find out if he loves her or not. 
But the same can be said vice versa with Libby versus Bill. I think that we mentioned previously in a previous episode, um, if you remember, Roya, that she is in love with the idea of the white picket fence Mm -hmm. and the family life that she necessarily didn't fall. She didn't necessarily fall in love with Bill either and that they don't really know who each other is. They both just did what they thought society told them they should be doing. So neither of them really know each other because if they did, they would realize that they're not compatible and that they shouldn't be together. So no, I don't think that he should put in more time and try to make it work. I think that he should admit to fault that they didn't make the best decision with their future. And cut your losses both ways. Yeah, just say let, happy let, let her get into a relationship, yeah. you know, with Mr. You know, Cutie over here with Jocko. What a, what a brilliant idea! <laughs> I can't, I can't see, I can't see Libby in the fifties, sixties going from the white picket fence relationship with a doctor to white unmarried woman with a child, black man. What? I cannot see her. She is not man. strong enough to do that. You, what you would have to take on in that time period to do that, oh, I no, cannot. That would be hard. Robert's strong enough to do that. Libby is not. No, that that mm-hmm. definitely is hard. But I think that Libby is so impressionable and you can persuade her. And I think that the admiration that she's seeing for your character, I think the admiration that she started, I think she's starting to fall in love now with the idea of Robert. And so this admiration, this stalking that she's doing, she's starting to, I think, see him the way that Bill kind of sees Virginia. And so because she's been watching and observing and now she's actually coming into his world the way that Virginia did to Bill, I think that there's the possibility of having an affair. And and Robert is strong enough to persuade Virginia, who's impressionable, to do this. Or to play, persuade Libby. Libby, I'm sorry. I, Libby. I am really glad you brought up Virginia. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> this, is, this, I will agree with you on 100%. That scene where Virginia and Libby are sitting at the coffee table or whatever, and Virginia says, I gotta go, I gotta go. And Libby says, I need what you have. You have nerve. You right. showed up to the office, you didn't know anything, and you demanded people to take you seriously. That's what Virginia did to Bill. Libby's attracted to that and sees that. Libby is right now doing that to this guy. Absolutely. She shows up at the office. They're all kind of like, what are you doing here? Mm -hmm. And she's like, I'm here to help. She doesn't know anything, Mm -hmm. but she demands to be taken seriously. And that's her parallel relationship. You talk about bravery. Yeah. That's it for her. Absolutely. But she does know what she's doing because she was a secretary for Masters. That's how they met. But I mean, I mean, racially, socially. Yeah. (laughs) Secretary wise. Yeah. But racially, socially, she has no clue what she's getting into. But but you're right. I mean, technically, yes. I mean, she knows how to type, but (laughs) she doesn't know socially what she's getting into. By the way, the word is administrative assistant. Oh, thank you, Bob. Oh. Nowadays. <laughs> just want to be politically correct. I want to get it out there. Um, it, was, it was like administrative assistance day like a couple weeks ago, I think it was. That, it was. All right, that's a real thing. Cool. Yeah. yeah, it is a real thing. <laughs> uh, I didn't I'll, assistant I'll, I'll before. women's rights this guy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I need you around more. <laughs> we're going to have you, when Jenna comes back, we're going to have you sitting on the couch. We won't ask you any questions or anything. Right. Every time I talk, just chime in. Okay. On top of the, <laughs> he's right. To it. Bobby's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's talk a little bit. We could talk about Bill all day. I know we don't want to spend too much time on him, and I, and I want to get back to you, Jocko, at the end. So let's talk a little bit about Lester and Barbara. Well, and this, what about ahead. Bill and his brother? Yeah, that's well, a that's, huge that's, one. that's where I want to get to. Okay, well, okay. let's do Bill and his brother right now. Actually, that's a good point. Before we do Lester and Barbara, what do you guys think about that Alcoholics Anonymous meeting? And who is right, Francis or Bill? Should Bill have walked out, or is Francis right? Francis is right. Yeah, Francis is seeing the truth. He knows what's real and what's not. He might be having visions of being confused as a child of what really happened, but still, it happened. Okay, Let me say this. It. Francis uh, said... No, 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 no. I just, I, I'm not an expert on this. I am certainly not an expert in any way on alcoholism or anything like that, so do not paint me with that brush. I will just tell you anecdotally, I have a friend 
who has dealt with alcoholism in his past, and he is beyond it and has been for several years, but oh, he is adamant. Okay, Virginia. <laughs> he is adamant. I have friend. a friend. I have a friend. <laughs> okay. fair, uh, fair, that's a good point. That, that was good. But um, fair point. Um, but I have an actual friend. I, a real guy. I'll show you his text message. Um, but he's been beyond it for about three years now, and he is adamant that, and this is a, this is a running theory in, in mm-hmm. AA and Alcoholics Anonymous, that he is adamant you cannot cure Alcoholism. You don't wake up one day. It's not like a sickness. You don't have a, a pill for it. Mm-hmm. You can't cure it. You always struggle with it. And do you guys remember, Francis said here, he's cured. He's been fixed from alcoholism. And and I guess there's another school of thought, I don't know this as well, that says you can be cured. But that just struck to me because I've heard my friends say this a lot. You can't be cured. You don't get cured. It's a struggle every day. You have to battle every day. And I'm thinking, Francis, have you been cured of alcoholism or did you just transfer the problem elsewhere? Or are you hiding something we don't know about? Or are you going to relapse because you're not cured and you don't understand that? So that made me distrust Francis a little bit. Maybe it was. Maybe I'm being nitpicky with um, a very small. It, it seems like. It seems like it come, I'm sorry. You know, go ahead, go ahead. It seems like it comes with that time period. It, it, like you know, when people seem to think that some sort of therapy can heal you, even the uh, electroshock therapy that we saw that mm-hmm. they would use to try to cure homosexuality right. and these other things is like, oh, I'm I'm cured. And I think now, um, speaking of your friend and, and people today currently, we realize that it takes a lot more than that, you know, uh, to cure alcoholism. Yeah. For example, and uh, it's just not realistic. Yeah. And and to, and to that point, it, back then they thought cigarettes were good for you too. So oh, sure. I think that they were a little bit more ignorant as to the the, the health effects of right. everything. Um, but in in regards to your guys' previous you know question, I think that and, and as the child of an alcoholic father, I know the symptoms and what it's like. And yes, they are constantly in denial. But I think that he's now finally accepting accountability, and that's one of the first steps. And he's, he hasn't Francis. been Francis, and he hasn't been sober that long. But I do think that the the memories that he has are his actual own. I think that Bill, who we see, is so self-absorbed and so just arrogant that he was ignorant to the fact that he really did leave his brother. And I believe that what Frank has been struggling with has been the coping of being abandoned, not only by his father, but his brother as well. And so I think that the, he's been using the, the alcohol, like most alcoholics do, to numb the pain. But I don't think that his memories are false and that he's you know, living Bill's life, although he has tried to follow in his footsteps, I think that everything has been in a, a, a result of his personal life experiences, even his own, his whole example of the magician and the magic that, you know, he taught himself to disappear. Bill does the exact same thing. There's no way that he could be hitting it so close on the money if it wasn't his own personal experience as well. Or he's gotten so good at saying it and so good at manipulating people to talk about it. You really don't like him, do you? I know, I, but Francis, Bill is a master manipulator, too. If, if we look at you know, what he was doing earlier, well, sure. we'll get into and I don't Bill's like manipulation. But, but. but Francis is just a little smarmy to me. I don't like anybody in that family, I guess. Bill and Francis <laughs> and, and Esther, just leave them all for me, man. But Francis is just something about him is smarmy to me. They're, the, the, the saying he's cured, I think you're right about in that time period they would have sure. thought he's cured, yeah. but every word is so specific in a scripted thing. They chose that word for for a reason, and I can't help but wonder mm-hmm. if that's some. Maybe I'm looking way too deep into it, but that's some sort of inclination that Francis is still in denial, like you mentioned, lying to himself or lying to everybody else. And there's something else going on because Pauline, 
she is off her rocker, man. She is Stepford wife. She is so far gone. You think Libby's gone. Pauline is gone. Oh, you think Pauline's delusional too? Compl- no, no, no. I mean, she's so like blacked out, like like happy. I'm so happy. When I met Francis, it was so charming. Wait, what? Are you, were you not watching the same thing that we just watched? She yeah. admitted that that was her problem and that she made him step up to the plate. It was either the alcohol or me. I understand, but but I'm saying she's got she's so far gone to say that this I succeeded on this. This is not a problem anymore. He chose me. I think she's in denial that there's going to be something else going on. Like every partner that's with alcoholic. Exactly. But I don't think that she's in the Stepford wife. I think she's in the I love you, I'm in love with the man who has an addiction problem. I don't think it has anything to do with the lifestyle that she wants to live. I think it has everything to do with her being a woman in love. I don't know. I, I don't get a good feeling off Pauline. I don't get a good feeling off Francis. I don't get a good feeling off Bill. I'm Who just do saying. you like on the show other than Jocko? Coral. Coral. I want Coral back. Is Coral Jocko, coming seriously, back? Tell do we get somebody. to see Coral back? Um, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Uh, oh, that means come yes. Come on. <laughs> right, because he would say, oh, unfortunately, or unfortunately, something. Yeah, okay. Kiki so Palmer's gonna... doing a movie or something. Yeah, <laughs> she's coming back. Um, all right, we are running out of time, but I want to get to a couple things. Let's talk about Lester and Barbara. Okay. Can, um, go for it. Can I just point out, Lester and Barbara, they all had their own situ- their own problems. Mm-hmm. Virginia was mirroring the same issues with Barbara, and uh, Masters was doing the same thing with Lester, with having dysfunctional and all that jazz. So I just want to throw that out there for you. Be like, thank Appreciate you, that. Royal, no for that. And they all came full circle, realizing their own problem. Absolutely. Woo, save that. I wrote that down. <laughs> oh man, she's like, you point cross it out now. Later. You're good. Done. You're okay, good. Bob, um, well, we meet Kitty. I have no problem with Kitty. I can see a little more of Kitty. Kitty I see a little more of Kitty. <laughs> um, poor Lester, though. I. I think what's going to happen with Lester and Barbara, I, I don't know if you were talking about or somebody else was, but talk about people getting together, and I don't want to predict right. too much, but they both have such issues, and they both have such intimacy and personal issues. I could see him falling. Oh, God. When Lester was describing the type of relationship that he wants, I want somebody who's just as jacked up as I am, who gives me the time and we don't have to have sex and we get to know each other and we fall in love and then we'll fix each other's problems. That right there was the, you know, the, the actual painting of what is going to happen or what we think is going to happen or what the the writers want us to think is going to happen. With him and Kitty? With him, no, with him and, um, uh, Pauline, what's the, what's Barbara? the Barbara, Barbara with him and Barbara? He was saying exactly what it was that we were thinking as viewers, but knowing the writers, they're going to flip it on us, and he's not going to get her. But I hope he does. So why did he leave with the camera in that first scene when they had Barbara on the operating ta- or on the table and she was going to do the thing? Why did he leave with the camera so abruptly? I think that he noticed himself staring at her and with an admiration and seeing himself in somebody else. And so I think that he felt like, okay, not only am I staring at her, this camera is also an invasion. And so he followed instructions, taking it away, but he also saw that he felt a little bit of guilt about staring into her world in that moment. Did you guys think he was going to hit record? I thought he was going to hit record. And go behind Virginia's back Absolutely. And then Did watch you? the tapes later. Yeah, I, I actually I didn't think he was going to hit record. I thought I, I think I agree with you, uh, Spicy. He took when you're when you're in a medical field, you have to remove yourself personally. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you don't want your doctor to like you. You just want your doctor to be a guy who's treating a human body. Mm-hmm. And I think he took himself as he got too personal. Even though he didn't know her, she's yep. a stranger. He got too personal. He said, "Oh, it's vaginismus. Never had one of those." And she's like, "We're treating a human," mm-hmm. and that clicked something in him. And he became personal. There was some sort of admiration. I don't know if it was love at first sight. Who knows? But there's some sort of admiration there. And I never thought he was going to hear. There's a pattern on this show. Anytime you start stalking someone, you start falling into a relationship with them. Okay. Yeah. And we're seeing that with you know Robert and Libby. But I didn't didn't pick (laughs) up on the admiration part with with Lester looking at her. I thought it was more a little bit of guilt and invasion of that. Really? That's what I got. See, I I felt like he saw and he related to somebody for once with this same 
problem that he had. So I, I, I didn't see it as a negative. I saw it only as a positive. And I think that she she will find um, some acceptance with him also because that's what she needs right now. And she, listen, Barbara's got some problems. Now she has problems. You <laughs> if, can, I if, agree with you 100% on that, Bobby. If, <laughs> if, she's, if the story as it is now with her seducing, I guess, the brother, mm-hmm, you would say. Mm-hmm. It's tough to say that with a 12-year-old. Whatever she was doing, kind of getting him to play with her. Mm-hmm. If that's really what's going on, I don't know if the brother's manipulating her. I guess we'd have to see him. That's what I was wondering. Is the brother manipulating her, or is she manipulating the story? I, either way, Virginia's in deep doo-doo with that psychologist. Yeah. <laughs> Virginia's yeah. in trouble. What is she going to do now? What does Virginia go back to the psychologist and say, hey, um, so as it turns out, I, Barbara... <laughs> I think I think she could say what uh, Barbara said that he reminded her, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah she, she can. Say, you know what? I just had lunch with my brother. By the way, we're cool. <laughs> we we do it sometimes yeah. every month. <laughs> I forgot to tell you that. <laughs> every month we have lunch together, even though when I was twelve. Um, I think that she's going to see that she's so wrapped up in this story and that she can't possibly uh, deliver, I guess, her you know Barbara from this problem, and that she's going to start taking advantage of that therapist for her own therapy. Well, she started doing that. She, yeah, and she did yeah. start doing that. And I think she's going to do it more consistently. Because she, I mean, she has she has issues too. I think that's mm-hmm. was her attraction to Bill. She, they both saw the issues in each other. And she finally calls Bill on those issues in the hotel room. The last maybe big thing to wrap up on is when she calls him out and says, "We're not doing the study. We don't have a stopwatch. We're not doing anything." And Bill tries to talk her back into it, which is so weird because Bill hasn't wanted to have sex with her for a little while, but he's still trying to talk her back into the hotel room to do it. Bill wants it both ways. He's like, "Well, I want you to do this. I want the hotel room, but I don't want to have sex. I was just with Libby, whatever." And and Virginia is finally again calling him on his crap, and she's called him on his crap a bunch of times. But this one seems a little bit different to me because when you start messing with the study, as seriously as Virginia takes that study, mm-hmm. watch out. You can mess with Virginia personally, and she'll you know water off a duck's back. How when was the last time you heard that phrase? <laughs> um, Never heard but it. when you start messing with the study with Virginia, she's so professional and so tenacious about that study. Mm. Look out, mm-hmm. you're in trouble because yeah. this is her baby. Yeah, but that was more of an interrogation about her actual relationship with yeah. Bill, Exactly, and the, the, and, and the motives were not the study. Because she, I think she's in part so offended that she's A, hurting Libby, B, being used, and C, the study isn't being done. But that's all triggered because she was seeing the psychiatrist about yeah. the whole... Yeah. Okay. Because in all actuality, I don't think I think that Libby is very passionate about the study and about respect. But at the same time, I think that in that moment, she just was like, "Come on, Bill, just come clean. We're both in love with each other." I think there was oh, more. Virginia. Of, I'm sorry, Virginia. Yeah. I keep doing this with names. <laughs> um, I think that it has more to do with her wanting to finally just be honest and bear it all. And Bill still was holding back and not bearing it. I don't necessarily think that she was insulted that the study wasn't getting being worked on in that moment. I think it had more to do with her relationship with Bill and her wanting him to accept the fact that they've been having an intimate relationship like she says. And so it was more of the anger like really you're still after all these years going to lie to my face about this? Come on now. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was so much oh we're not getting the numbers that we need because she hasn't been she's just as responsible about clocking time and taking notes as he is. Yeah. Yeah. Spacey you mentioned earlier that the theme one of the themes was bravery. Correct. I think truth being like honest is a huge theme throughout this entire episode because the truth will set you free as we learn with Mm -hmm. Bill. Good Hopefully. one. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I practiced that. And I'm done, guys. So have a good night. And I'm out. Yeah. Speaking of done, we have to wrap it up in a couple minutes. Before we do it, though, Jocko, I want to bring you back in. 
I'm a huge fan of The Last Ship. You guys just finished. Well, you filmed it a while ago, but season one just finished. Season two is in 2015. You're going to be back on that, I assume, in season yes, two. Absolutely. What else do you have going on coming up? Where else can we see? Because we're going to see a lot of Robert, and maybe a lot of Robert without clothes. I'm ladies. excited <laughs> about that. Oh, did I say that out loud? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was supposed to stay in here, folks. Oh, it's all good. Um, yeah, you know what? More than anything, I'm looking forward to The Last Ship uh, season two. It's uh, It was a great experience. Um, I, I came on as a guest, and they kept me. And, and this go around, I'll be a series regular, so I'm really excited about that. Um, and yeah, and going going into the next season of Masters of Sex as a fan, hopefully I can uh, be around for that season as well. And, and on Last Ship, Roy, you know this. Mm-hmm. When you work with what is it, McSteamy or McDreamy? I don't know McSteamy. the difference between the two. McSteamy. That's okay. McSteamy. Yeah, he loves so, it when you call him that. But oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, Tom yeah, said hi, McSteamy. <laughs> Every girl does this. This is why I can't do Last Ship interviews with actors because every girl will talk about characters and that and whatever, and they'll say, yeah, yeah, but what about McSteamy? <laughs> every time. I mean, what what is everybody else on that show? You guys have to give him a hard time. Well, you know, that that just shows you how smart they are. They put him at the helm, and there yeah. you go, because you're going to get the guys with all the explosions and all that stuff, and then let, let's put a sex symbol as the captain. Right. And you get all the women. It keeps coming back. There you go. I want to I want to ask you so many questions about Last Ship, but that is not the purpose of this show. <laughs> let's move can on. Can I ask one question about No, nah, well, let's, we'll do it off air. Okay. You guys don't care about that. Let's move on to predictions. We got some good ones. Let's run those right now. And now, you're after Buzz TV. All right, Spicy. I've I've given, I think, two of my predictions coming out. So, Jocko, unless you've got something good, I know you know a little bit what more than we do. What do you predict? Uh, everybody dies at the end. Ah! <laughs> are you talking about the it's last like ship Spartacus. or are you talking about the <laughs> 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 Darn it. Uh, so I, I absolutely positively would bet my money on it that Libby and Robert have an intimate moment. Even if it's just a kiss, I think that there's going to be some type of betrayal there and Libby is going to feel absolute guilt for it and go to Bill and confess and he's suffering from the same affair but he's going to give maybe Libby a hard time about it. Real quick question for you, Spicy. Very briefly. You're being cheated on. You're Libby. You're being cheated on by Bill. Whatever Bill wants to talk about the study, you're still getting cheated on. Does that make you cheating back on him correct or are you still in the wrong to cheat back? You're cheating. Cheating is cheating is cheating is cheating. It's wrong is wrong. Wrong plus wrong equals wrong. Wrong minus. It's all wrong. Cheating should never be condoned. But. (laughs) (laughs) And there's a but. Uh, It makes the person who's being cheated on or the cheater feel, I think, better when it's an even playing field. And so I don't condone it in any way, shape, or form. But it's also another way to numb the pain similar to alcohol. But doesn't make it okay. But I think that out of everybody on the show, Libby deserves to get some. And Robert is a great candidate for it. And I think Libby would be the one, if it happened for her, she'd be the one we'd be least disappointed with for doing it, I would guess. Absolutely. We yeah. would be like, go ahead, have a little mulatto child. Mixed kids come out the best. Like, we're rooting for you, Libby. Big well, ups to Mixed kids. Now we know how you really feel. Roy, okay. what do you have predictions? I want, I want to piggyback on her little prediction there. Yeah. But I think there's going to be a life-threatening situation where her and Robert are... Force like the connection happens because they almost thought they're gonna die or get Ooh, shot at. I like that. And That's then what I said earlier. steaminess will happen. Is there laser guns involved? This is my story, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think Lester will beat Masters in getting his situation fixed. Oh, that's a great prediction. That is a great prediction for the whole masculine 
Well, that's a that's phenomenal. Wow. Oh. Bobby, what you got you for us? That's recorded, wow. right? <laughs> that's phenomenal. That's a great prediction. Anything else you want I, to I'm sticking with my prediction that something serious is going to happen to Libby, a white women, white woman working with black men, whether it's a relationship thing with Robert, if that ever comes true. I know, no comment. We get it. Um, <laughs> he's just stole <laughs> Whether it's a relationship <laughs> thing with Robert or it's just working with Core, I think something violent, something like that's going to happen to Libby. She's going to get rocks thrown through her window. Ooh, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Something's going to happen to her or the family, and that's going to wake her up and maybe make her pull away from Robert. And Bill could even be mad, and he doesn't come to her rescue, but Robert does. Ooh. Ooh. Will the brother be back? Yes. Next? Okay. I think, I think the so brother too. will be back. Robert uh, or Jaco, will the brother be back? <laughs> Everybody dies at the end. <laughs> Dang it! You can't get him, guys. It's okay. He's still talking about the last ship. All right. Social media links: Twitter, Instagram, Jocko. Where can people find you? I'm Jocko Sims on Twitter and Instagram. J O C K O S I M S. There you go. And you guys always know you can play with my Twitter or stroke my Instagram at spicy underscore Mari. S P I C Y underscore M A R I. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Heyroy. That's H E Y R O Y A. I'm on Twitter at Bobby DeMiro. I will give out my Snapchat. I've been doing this on Kardashians, giving oh. out my Snapchat and getting great Snapchats from people. I'm Bobby DeMiro on Snapchat. <laughs> Send me a snap. I will snap you back. I guarantee it. That's it this week, season one, episode nine, story of my life here on Masters of Sex. Jocko, thank you very much for being with us. This was fun. Hey, okay, thanks for having me, guys. I'm doing Kardashians it. in two hours. Stick around, hang out with us. <laughs> All right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you, is that on camera you're doing? Yeah, it is on camera. They let oh, me yeah, on, the after show. They let me on oh. camera twice in a day. It's a huge mistake, I know. <laughs> huge mistake. That's it this week on Masters of X, guys. We'll be back next week. Jenna will be back next week. Guys, we'll see you a week from today. Thank you. Good night. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.